The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. If you have experienced narcissistic abuse, you are in the right place. Our mission is to help you understand the abuse you have experienced, support you through your healing journey, and to help you develop healthy relationships. I am your host, Juliana Aikin, and in today's episode, I'm interviewing Janice Anjali. Janice Anjali is a licensed psychotherapist, coach, and consultant in private practice. Janice specializes in recovery, resilience, and post-traumatic growth after narcissistic abuse, misuse, and relational trauma. She is the creator of the Bodhisattva Dilemma, a blog and project to explore what compassionate people need to consider in cultural spaces that are consciously or unconsciously shaped by collusion with narcissistic behavior. She warmly invites you to visit the Bodhisattva Dilemma at jennysanjali.com to learn more. In this episode, Jennys offers five practical strategies to help you gradually overcome the rumination that narcissistic abuse causes. Let's get started. In terms of mental health, rumination is overthinking about a situation, interactions, or another person so much that it interferes with having enough headspace or energy to do some important tasks or make adjustments or healthy changes. Now, in biology, rumination refers to the act of regurgitating and chewing again and again previously swallowed food. So <laughs> that's that's a very yeah. accurate like uh, mental image that you just gave up our rumination. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a great term for it. So I think rumination is often a sign that narcissistic abuse is occurring, and it's often a consequence of narcissistic abuse. It seems really natural to keep chewing on what is happening or has happened to try to digest it to get some nutrients out of something that has no nutritional value, like a cow passing hay through several stomachs. Um, So I find as my therapy clients begin to recognize and recover from narcissistic abuse, they often start to recognize how the overthinking and the rumination about the abuse has little return. So um, if we grew up with a narcissistic parent or married or have to co-parent with a narcissistic person, we probably can't even begin to quantify how much rumination we've done. So being stuck in rumination as one of the consequences for narcissistic abuse is really not fair and it's not good for us. So we'll jump into some strategies. And the first one is a bonus. It's self-compassion. We hear a lot about self-compassion these days. Um, And so as we work with these strategies, please have compassion for your ruminating self. Try to be kind and gentle and curious about how and why ruminating is crowding out what you could be thinking about instead. For so many people, rumination tends to take up too much real estate in our heads Um, Maybe you've heard the phrase, it's like letting someone live rent-free in there. So I thought the acronym RENTER could be useful for remembering the strategies I'm going to share today. 
Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, okay. and I'm really excited since if it's <laughs> made of the word renter. So what do you have here? <laughs> okay. Well, the first one is for R. Recognize when you are ruminating. This can be so simple, yet ruminating can become so routine, people don't realize that they're doing it. Um, for listeners who are interested in this topic on this podcast, they've probably been able to catch themselves ruminating at least some of the time. And the first step to overcoming it is to recognize that you're doing it. So one way to, to try to quantify how much you're ruminating, you can ask yourself if you're struggling to have enough mental or emotional energy to organize and activate taking care of personal or family or work tasks? Are you struggling to stick with some healthy self-care routines? Or has anyone noticed or questioned you on forgetting or making careless mistakes or not following through on tasks on time? Uh, a common one is thinking about what is your brain doing when you try to fall asleep or when you wake up in the middle of the night? or first thing in the morning? Or where does your mind go when you're doing automatic, familiar tasks like showering or housework, cooking, cleaning, gardening, or driving? Uh, do you have any chronic physical symptoms like headaches or IBS, muscle tension that can't otherwise be explained? And do you notice that you're rerunning memories, thoughts, worries related to the narcissist or narcissistic behavior in your journal or conversations with others, but still not finding any relief or resolution from expressing all that? So really recognizing rumination works because obviously you have to work, you have to recognize it to work with it. Um, and if it's stealing time from your sleep or your health or other tasks, it's really a problem. So, so strategy two is for the E in renter, evaluate. So um, basically when you catch yourself ruminating, evaluate whether or not this is a valuable activity for you. What could you have been doing with your mental or emotional energy instead? Is rumination a good use of your time and energy? So if we're using that as a, indicator that we've had an experience narcissistic abuse actually rumination can be useful a little bit of it right so it's important to hold in our minds so to implement this um, evaluation part keep a journal or a word document running maybe you can put it on your phone if you like to work that way and i just suggest creating a simple t-chart with two columns and the first column is ruminating and the other column is alternatives. So when you catch yourself ruminating, you could note maybe the date and what you were doing at the time, who you were with, what you were ruminating about and how long you think you spent ruminating. For example, on the first column, maybe you could write on Tuesday morning, I was alone in the kitchen ruminating about how maybe my um, child's father is being evasive about paying his share of the medical bill. I ruminated for 10 minutes while drinking my first cup of coffee. And then in the second column, you could brainstorm appealing alternatives. I could have spent those 10 minutes listening to an upbeat song, reading an inspirational poem, having a gratitude practice, watering the plants, 
or rehearsing for my upcoming day. So I just suggest somebody track and record these kinds of ruminations for a day or several days. It doesn't take that long if you're really caught in it to notice how often and when and where you do it. It's important to form an idea of how much time and precious mental and emotional energy you're devoting to rumination. You might start to notice patterns. Um, and if you decide to make changes with this, your table will provide the information you need to go on to the next strategy. Mm, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So are you saying that that this is... Mm, okay, I have two questions. Okay, the first one I have, you said... If I understood and heard you correctly, you said that some form of rumination might actually be like okay since we have gone to narcissistic abuse. Can you explain more? What do you exactly mean by that? I mean that sometimes it's almost diagnostic that you're in a bad relationship if you're having to spend a lot of time thinking about what happened, why did it happen, did they really say that, what did I say, was that the right thing to say? There's all kinds of ways that it's a clue. Ah, I shouldn't need to worry this much. I shouldn't need to think this much about this relationship. Mm, so it's kind of your body and mind just taking care of yourself, kind of being an alarm system, kind of being like, hey, wake yeah. up. Okay. And so that's that's like, okay. And uh, yeah, okay. Then other question. So do you think that when we really write down like all the things uh, that we ruminate about when and how long and then also kind of brainstorming like what could I have done instead this lays out a very effective and solid foundation at least for the motivation to really change it because you just realize the scope of how much you ruminate and how much it affects you and then when you also I think it was great the other column like what what could you be doing instead because that shows like I could be doing so many different things that could really promote my overall well-being and maybe other others well-being as well so do you think the role of this second strategy really is to motivate us to change and also obviously kind of give us a sense of how much rumination we are dealing with and then i think you mentioned somewhere that okay it also might help you to see some patterns that okay it's always when i have my cup of coffee i think about this or always when something happens i start to ruminate and then i'm in the very negative mindset already so yeah any thoughts about uh about that like yeah yeah well you know the question was how do we overcome rumination so by having all these other alternatives we're starting to see well there are other things that we could be doing and we want to try to make rumination a smaller part of our life so by looking at all these other options that's helpful in overcoming it Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you. So when we're trying to overcome the rumination that narcissistic abuse causes, you have now shared two strategies. And well, first of all, you started this whole conversation kind of reminding that we need to be self-compassionate toward our ruminating self because it makes sense if we are ruminating. So since we have gone through narcissistic abuse. So, but then the first strategy was to recognize when you are ruminating. And the second one was evaluate. So making, you gave the very clear tip how to do it in practice to write down, have two columns and all that. So yeah, I'm excited to hear what is the third one. So starting with the N, something about that. The N in renter. It's negotiate. 
So as we said, rumination can be a useful symptom cueing you into the possibility that you are being or have been narcissistically abused or mistreated. But if it goes beyond literally just getting your attention and encouraging you to start thinking about how to make healthy changes, it becomes a problem. It's like running the same train over and over again in your brain, right? You're laying down these train tracks, these pathways, these neural pathways. And so rumination can continue running that same train on those same tracks, on those same neural pathways to the point where, you know, it can really contribute to generalized anxiety. It can really entrench relational trauma. It can lead to prolonged clinical depression and other problems. If rumination about narcissistic abuse is a new activity for you, the tracks might be easier to pull up and disassemble. But if you've been worried or tried to make sense of or repair relational trauma for large, long parts of your life, even you know since childhood, the railway has been built and um, it's there running trains, even if the relationship you're currently ruminating about um, is relatively new. So it's important to think about how entrenched this pattern can be. So in step three, in the negotiate, we need to be aware of how much rumination costs and how much it has already cost us and decide if we're wanting to make changes and begin to negotiate. And when we negotiate with the rumination, we're attempting to take care of our brains, literally our literal brains and our mental and physical health. Um, and then there's kind of another take on this. In addition to that, we want to preserve the things that are valuable and precious to us. So sometimes like listeners probably can relate to having a restaurant or a holiday tradition or something else special tainted by a traumatic relationship event that happened in that space or around that time. And so when we start to think about what rumination costs us, too much really uh, too much ruminating can take maybe a, a good friendship or pleasant spaces and places or a favorite food, an outfit, right? There's a lot of other things that ruminating can spoil for us. I like, do you like your home, your bed, your couch, your coffee mug, your slippers? I mean, if those become really associated with the stress and unhappiness of rumination on abuse, um, those things can actually, rumination can spoil them, but as time goes on, those things, even seeing those things can trigger the rumination. Um, one of the sad things I see often is, is it's a big issue, like for the moms who uh, maybe met divorce and narcissistic partner, and then they stay in the home. And it can be a blessing to be able to stay in the home, especially if there are children involved. But it can also be a problem because that person has to stay in the same environment where the narcissistic abuse occurred. And so by being in that same environment, it can become harder to overcome the rumination because they don't get to change the context um, that triggers it and reminds them. So um, as I talk about negotiation, it's just important to think about all the different ways you can negotiate with the rumination. So one of them, like after a breakup or going no contact, if you can go stay with a friend or travel or even move, 
that can be incredibly powerful at, at breaking the cycle of rumination, but it's certainly not a good financial decision or an option for many people. So I think about, you know, if you're stuck in a space where you've experienced a lot of relational trauma or spend a lot of time ruminating about it, it's good to try to make whatever changes you can. And I think our psyche really urges people to do that. Sometimes people are like, I need to move the furniture or I need to paint the wall or um, just change something up. And that's kind of a sign that urge to do it is kind of a sign. Let's try to break through these patterns. Um, and if you can't try, if you can't change much, if you don't have control over the environment where you are, you know, maybe you can just try to change your routine a little bit. Um, so for negotiation, look at your table, add up about how much time you spend ruminating in a given period. Maybe you just focus on one day. Is that acceptable to you? Um, and what is the least amount of time you'd like to dedicate to daily rumination? I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying set a goal that feels reasonable to you. And then just choose one of the instances and decide how to negotiate. So back to my early example, um, negotiating, negotiation might involve writing down an agreement. I will ruminate for five minutes instead of 10 over my ex during my morning coffee, but I won't do it in the kitchen. I'll make, move a fold out chair into the hallway and I'll sit out there for my rumination and maybe I'll use a mug I don't like anymore, right? So you're really trying to create this space dedicated for that. Um, and then when those five minutes are over, maybe you can pour your coffee into your preferred mug and sit back in the kitchen or another space where you really like. Um, so. I just think maybe you try that for a few days. And at that point, you're going to start having a slightly different relationship with the whole rumination process. And maybe you realize that you could even cancel that morning rumination and spend the time doing something more positive and decide to ruminate later. And I think this works because um, we want to realize that something is wrong. In my example, if you're ruminating over the fact that your child's father won't help you pay the medical bill, that's a problem. Um, but this idea of really accepting that we're going to need to spend some time with a rumination is consistent with the mindful approach. You know, um, what you don't resist eventually will not persist. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, thank you. It almost sounds like you are creating this kind of almost like rituals for the for the rumination and <laughs> then not kind of beating yourself up like oh, I'm again ruminating, I'm again ruminating and I, I need to just stop it by like allowing some space for it to happen. But it's like you are deciding how much, where and how and all that already gives you some sense of control over it. And I feel like someone who is in a, has been in a relationship or in a dynamic, in a narcissistic environment where there's like abuse, narcissistic abuse going on, there is no control or there is no, like nothing is happening on your terms and uh, everything is just happening. And yeah, I think we all know that. So this way, it's like, yeah, healing is on your hands. You can decide how you are going to do this. And 
and kind of also accepting yeah rumination it's part of healing also it's part of processing this but i can i get to choose how when and how much and yeah and then i think that that's my takeaway from what you said you said many 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 important and helpful things but yeah thank you so much yeah yeah i like that you're thinking that way um yeah because just as sometimes recovery requires setting boundaries with a narcissistic person or going no contact part of healing is developing that strength and agility to set boundaries with the ruminating part of you that got activated by that person or those dynamics. So yeah, by scheduling, um, ritualizing and containing rumination, you get to practice that important part of tending your mental health. Um, And it's beautiful too, because you probably never really get to negotiate with a narcissist. I mean, maybe if there's some legal proceedings involved, there's that kind of thing. But in terms of negotiation, that never happens. So this is the way to bring some of that power back to yourself. Um, Sure. And ritual, ritualizing, it's great. You can set a rumination time, make a date, have a specific candle, wear a specific piece of clothing, maybe have a specific special blanket, start with a special poem. Um, or an essential oil can be really nice, something that's soothing and calming. Um, some people like to use like the box flower remedies and just put a little bit in that your in your drinking water and just really do something to tend your body and soul while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Thank you. And so when we are trying to overcome the rumination that narcissistic abuse causes, you have now shared three strategies. The first one was recognize. Second one was evaluate. And the third one you just talked about was negotiate. So what's the T? The T for renter is trade, trade, trade rumination for something else that is at least as, but hopefully more compelling and more interesting to you than rumination. And that will be unique to each person. Um, I do want to make a point here to be careful not to replace it with something that's destructive or punitive. Um, And I I want to say that in a way because in so many ways, narcissistic abuse and um, some of the messages we get from society about moving on um, can lead you to do this. For example, somebody might decide, well, I want to move on and I want to get healthy, but I'm going to lose 10 pounds first. And so then maybe they're doing a hundred crunches. They say, okay, instead of doing ruminating, I'm going to do a hundred crunches, right? But that's not nurturing. So that's kind of a punitive way of trying to replace rumination with something, even though it sounds like it might be healthy. So this is about being really kind and gentle and inspiring to yourself. Um. So how to implement the trade is create a list of possibilities that make sense for the time and spaces and company in which you're most likely to ruminate and then choose. Think about what's the easiest to do. So um, some of them could be a mindfulness practice and it can be wonderful for recognizing rumination, but a ruminating brain really struggles with the mindfulness practice. 
So sometimes it might be useful to fill your brain with distractions or other things before um, trying to do a mindfulness practice. Mm. Um, you can try to fill your mind with music and maybe make it a mission to learn some songs by heart and sing them in the car or the shower or wherever. Um, you know, you can sing quietly in your head if other people are around. But be careful because so many songs are triggering. I mean, so many songs are about love and romance. So make sure you pick a song that is comforting and inspiring to you. Or maybe learn a song in a foreign language. Um, you can try to memorize a poem um, or a speech or a, a passage that you admire. But be kind because your brain um, could be fatigued or your memory could be impacted by the relational trauma. So just be really gentle as you try to memorize. You can listen to books and podcasts like this one. Um, this podcast is absolutely wonderful and learning about narcissistic abuse is a vital part of recovery because um, you want to be as careful and conscious about any other relationships you engage in. So pace yourself and rest and heal um, and exercise and dance or playing a sport where you kind of have to think about the moves that you're making is helpful to get a break from ruminating. Learning something new is good, um, but just the, the challenge with that is you have to relax your brain and rest it sometimes. And so just got to be careful. It's so easy to turn to substances to help deal with this. And so that's really something to seek support with. If you found that to escape some ruminating, you're turning to substance use. Um, um, it's good to do body work. So if you know you're going to be able to get some kind of a break, like have time for a long hot bath or a massage, you might want to try to be mindful about protecting yourself from any triggers about the abuse leading up to that special body care time. Um, and if rumination keeps popping up in times you're just trying to relax and take care of your body. I think you might want to try to give rumination some time or promise it. I will think about you later. Right now, I just need to be taking care of my body. And sometimes you have to do a lot of body work or somatic releasing in order to do the work you need to do to fully let those ruminations go. And um, yeah. if you ever, you know, but a lot of healing can happen from moving your body or having body work done. So what, what, what is an example of somatic releasing? Um, well, you know, if you're feeling strong emotions and ruminating, sometimes it's so powerful just to turn on the right kind of music and just dance and just let your body just move and opt it out and you do it in private and just, do whatever you need to do. You know, it's so powerful just to move that energy out. Let your body be the guide in that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so this fourth strategy was like trade rumination. So 
when you are have already become aware of like how and when and how much you ruminate and you might have already brainstormed some ideas what you actually could do instead this is like the actual doing it so like whenever you start to ruminate and you know already that i don't want to ruminate right now this is not my rumination time i i'm, I'm i really wouldn't want to do it then you gave like examples of, of like distraction like how, how you could distract your mind and yeah i think so you trade were... it in for something else yeah trade yeah. that rumination in for something else yeah yeah and it works because you are basically this is the actual doing of overcoming it like you are refusing to ruminate and while it might be hard first for example let's say you try to dance and uh you still might have those little moments here and there that where you know thoughts about the relationship or the situation pop pop up but it's it might i feel like the importance of is at least noticing that okay at least i'm trying even if i'm first like like let's say doing this and still thinking but just saying to yourself well this is better than just sitting and doing nothing and like just thinking about it but at least now i have took the first step to actually trying to stop it and maybe eventually you know you notice that you while you do some activity that is supposed to distract your mind that it gets less and less and less and every little progress that you can notice i think it's worth acknowledging and celebrating because uh yeah that's that's how change happens gradually and healing so yeah I mean, it's powerful if you can trade five seconds of rumination for five seconds of something more productive enjoy or enjoyable or healthy, right? It's just trading back and forth. So they can be little trades or bigger trades. And like you said, over time, maybe the trade gets easier and easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is actually a very hard one, like you're alluding to, especially if people are depressed. Um, which is a, such a common consequence of narcissistic abuse. It gets really hard to activate. So again, that idea, hey, if I just do it for a few seconds or a couple of minutes, if I can just trade it for that short amount of time, you're already starting the process. Hey, I hope you are enjoying this episode right now. If you didn't know this already, our mission here at Unfiltered is to help people who have experienced narcissistic abuse understand the abuse they have experienced, support them through their healing journey, and to help them develop healthy relationships. We want to help as many people as possible, but the only way we can reach everyone is if you choose to share this episode. So if you have been getting value from our content, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with others. You could do this by sharing it with your online support groups, sending it to someone dealing with a narcissist, or even leaving a review. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the episode. When we're trying to overcome the rumination, you now have shared four strategies. And so the first one was recognize this. Second one was the first one was recognize. Second one was evaluate. Third one was negotiate. Uh, fourth one was trade the rumination. So what is the last one? That one's explore. So that one just keeps, you know, you try trading if it works great, do more of that. If it, if that activity isn't really sticking for you or helping you grab another one and just really treat it like an exploration 
it's okay if the first ones don't work or, um, or they do work. It's really fine. Just be so gentle with yourself. You're exploring a lot of things in this time. Mm, so this is this the uh, the fifth strategy is like explore. So you're just saying that this is kind of alternative for the fourth one. So the trade. So if you notice that you are not uh, like it's not effective for you, your suggestion is to just keep trying new things. How you could distract yourself. So instead of ruminating and doing something else. Yes, and just remember to be kind, right? If you just said, okay, well maybe I'll try to learn that foreign language now to distract my mind but it doesn't work for you it's it's too hard to stay focused be kind just get something else don't beat yourself up for not sticking to a goal or a plan in this way and right because that's also part of narcissistic abuse is feeling like oh i'm a failure or i can't do it that is not part of this process mm -hmm. yeah yeah i could see that happen like beating yourself up like here I am trying to set myself a goal of something and then and not and not following through. But you, your message is that uh, maybe uh, like just try something else and don't don't yeah, uh, yeah be it's too critical about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Self-compassion. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I believe this works because this is basically just. A, a commitment to keep trying to overcome it so and the only way we can overcome something or improve is that if we stay consistent and keep trying and change if something we notice doesn't work we have to change it somehow and that's just how 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 it works or do you have something to uh like add or like if i understood correctly please uh yeah add anything i mean we deserve better than ruminating mm -hmm. on painful circumstances beyond the point that it helps us recognize what we need to know and recognize about those circumstances. And so just to wrap up renter, right? The final one R is repeat the whole process until you start to notice some positive changes. And um, that is important because there are so many daily incidences, an interaction with the person or another narcissistic person, a news story, a song on the radio, a glimpse of someone who looks like an ex-partner, an email from a relative, the sensory cues of the season, anything can re-trigger old patterns of rumination. So you want to be able to grab this process anytime you get triggered and it threatens your well-being or your goals because even though we want to overcome it the, the the truth is we can just make it tinier and tinier and tinier but it's probably uh, unrealistic to think we're going to completely eradicate it i mean so much of this is embedded in our our bodies and our memories and our surroundings i think it's also important to really hold the truth that if you've been in a relationship with a narcissistic person, it, it's very likely that you're going to have long-term emotional or financial struggles because of that behavior. And so you might be dealing with some negative consequences for a long time, even after you go no contact, or even after you kind of create a healthier 
life or relationship for yourself. So each time that happens, you can really even acknowledge, even thank rumination for reminding you, telling you that something really disturbing has happened or is happening um, because, you know, it's telling you something needs to be addressed. So there's all kinds of things that, you know, when you go deeper, you know, your attachment system has been affected. There's cognitive dissonance from those interactions. Your problem solver gets overwhelmed. There's issues of emotional and economic justice. There's concerns for your children, for society, for your community, depending on what kind of narcissistic abuse it is. So there's a lot of things to be um, alerted to. And so the rumination can be that alert system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. So I also just want to sum it up all all your uh, excellent and very helpful uh, strategies that you just told us today. <clears throat> so uh, I'm gonna include the bonuses. So the bonus one was first, like before even starting on this journey of trying to overcome the rumination that remember to be self compassionate toward your ruminating self. And then we you use the acronym uh, renter. And this is very nice, because, you know, it's easier to remember. So the first one was uh, recognize when you're ruminating, or if you're ruminating the second, uh, the, yeah, the first one, uh, the second one was evaluate. And the third one was negotiate. Uh, fourth one was trade the rumination. Fifth one was explore. And then you added the last one was like repeat this whole process. And yeah, over time you will, you will succeed and it won't have such much power over you your mental space or your life anymore so uh thank you so much for sharing sharing all this do you now have any final thoughts about the topic of overcoming the rumination that narcissistic abuse causes or any of these strategies well i do i do have a final thought um that there are so many ways narcissism has been normalized in our world today we see it in so many different areas. So it makes sense if a lot of people are ruminating about their own personal experiences and what they fear and worry about happening to others because narcissistic behavior is so rampant. So I just, um, again, want to urge self-compassion and I really appreciate the podcast and all the work that you do because so many people need this information. So thank you for inviting me to be here today. I hope you enjoyed that episode and maybe you are going to listen to it a couple more times if you are planning on using Jenny's advice, which I hope you do. Before I let you go, I would like to invite you to join our free community. My team and I send out free courses and healing exercises every week. We also host live therapist-led Q&A sessions every month that are 100% free. To join, please click the link in the podcast notes or visit unfiltered.net slash community. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.